This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, John King, and Carl Anderton. Episode 4, The Care and Feeding of Your Nurgling. Uh, welcome, this is episode 4 of the Traxxas Sector Warcast. Uh, I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And I'm Carl Anderton. John, what are we going to do today? Well, in this episode, we're going to talk about the Just Announced Regionals. We'll continue our How to Beat Them. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about Nazdrag, the core set orc warlord, and Kugoth, the newly released warlord in the last war pack. All right. And so, uh, um, how's everybody doing? You guys, have you guys played a lot with, the, uh, with any new cards yet? John and I, you and I went to a tournament uh, last Friday night. Yes. It was uh, a little bit small. <laughs> there were only four of us. But uh, it was. But, it was good, a fun but the night. good part of that is, I took fourth. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got top four, right? Yeah, yeah top four finish. <laughs> yeah, as did I. I got top four in in the form of just ahead of John. <laughs> so what did you guys so, run up against? Um, we ran up against uh, a dark Eldar. Well, Packmaster Kiff, Pack and Kiff. the other player played Kato. Yeah, and the other player played so. Kato. So yeah, we got to test our advice from the last time you beat him segment. And, and uh, wow, I can tell you that it's harder to, it's easier to give the advice than follow your own. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely ran so, into that. I played uh, Kugoth myself. Right, and I played, um, what did I play? Oh, I played Eldoroth Starbane, Starbane? Mm-hmm. Eldoroth, the, uh, the Eldar warlord from the core pack. So, Now that's fun, because last time we played I was testing um, a slightly modified Takarius deck myself, which is... Followed all the things we've mentioned, got the money, kept his cards, did just fine most of the time, yeah. and then ended up with an, a mirror of yours with a Pat Master Kiff um, Eldar deck, mm-hmm. which I then proceeded to spectacularly lose track of any useful method and was scrambling for recovering events for shields and all sorts of things like that. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. the the I made a crucial mistake in the game against um, the Sicarius player. Um, David, I my mistake was I had four outstanding units, but there were two Void Pirates, a Rogue Trader, and uh, Bail Tan Guardians. All of these units have one hit point. None, only one of these units actually has an attack, <laughs> right? So I have the two, the three neutrals and the Bail Tan Guardians, which are great for resource draw. But horrible in combat. So, and and they don't survive. Sicarius is chosen, which he played a couple of times. So, um, I I really took it took it pretty pretty hurt hurt. Uh, I took it pretty badly there. That was that was a bad opening draw, and I realized it once I had said, "Oh yeah, okay, let's move to deep play phase," <laughs> because I I just I denied the, or I decided to keep my hand and not take a mulligan. So. So, all right, deploy phase. One thing I want to do is we were talking about the Nurglings last time. We talked about Calamity. Uh, Some people pointed out that while we didn't have a ruling on Calamity, it very clearly doesn't apply to tokens. So um, that's easy. Uh, The Nurglings Nurglings, um, thinking that, that I had where it was like if the Nurgling isn't at the planet, then it doesn't trigger uh, is incorrect. Um, the Nurglings basically, even if they're moving to the planet or if they're at the planet, they will trigger and they will trigger in a complex way that relies on initiative. 
if you'd like to see exactly how that works, um, you can. I welcome you to go to Card Game DB and look at the rulings discussion, and look do a do a search for um, the Nurglings, and you'll find it. There's a Patrick Brennan, I believe his name is, does a very good uh, a couple scenarios by which you have initiative, your opponent has initiative, and how the damage gets dealt. Mm -hmm. Basically, it comes down to each nerd. You can the player with initiative decides which Nurglings abilities fire first. Um, so and the big part of that is also then once the Nurglings take two damage, their effect stops immediately. It's not an ongoing. It's so it's not an it's not an ongoing effect where okay this unit was at the planet with when we moved we moved to the planet with the Nurgling the Nurglings ended up taking two damage so now this one's over here so how initiative and I'll, I can talk about that in uh, my review of the tournament what how what my deck worked um, the strategy I wanted to use and but initiative is all important with that <laughs> yeah for sure. because whoever has initiative is. <laughs> Decides this is how it's going to sign damage. If you if you're the opposing player and you have initiative, you're like, okay, one this nurgling will take one damage from the other nurgling. That nurgling take damage from itself. Yeah. And then we'll repeat the process, and basically both your two nurglings have taken two damage, and they die immediately before my units take any damage. Yep. Yep. So it can it can be a it's, it it is it is brutal, and it is uh, surprisingly it was easier to play around than I thought it would be. But yeah. like I said, I'll okay. share, I'll share right. those thoughts. Right. So, yeah, and then, and then um, we had also talked about putting ranged with area effect folks. And I re realized that in the last um, war pack, there came the bladed lotus rifle, which is a, uh, an attachment that gives plus one attack. And it also gives ranged to Cabalites. And it's a dark Eldar card. Um, uh, one cost, I was going to say. One um, cost, yes. Yeah, this is something that slipped me by until I saw that and went... Now, it's highly specialized because it's only there for that Cabalite unit, but that's a heck of a thing in Dark Eldar. It's right. Like a 3-3 AoE ranged? Yipe. Yeah, it would be a 3-2 with um, one ranged, AOE, one area effect, one. Yeah. So the Cabalite Strike Force is a two cost, two command, two hit point, two attack. Um, and it has an area effect one, but if you put the bladed loaded rifle on him, you're getting a three two. But more importantly, you're getting that ranged, so yeah. he can uh, trigger his area effect during the range step. So that's a. I don't. I'm always conflicted about the range. What do you guys think? Because because usually the area effect guys. Oh, sorry, not the range, but the area effect. So the area effect guys have like the we're talking about the space marines. They are three threes or two twos or so on and so forth. And then you can do an area effect one. Sometimes it's really clear, like, oh, I'm playing a lot of Nurglings, or there's there's Nurglings in play, or there's Chimera tokens, or there's uh, Snotlings, and you go, you hit area effect one, and you hit six guys, they all die, yay, that's clear. But when there's three opponents, all with three hit points, do you attack for two, or do you do the area effect for one? Um, situational. I mean, having seen it recently, trying to play a little bit with those Dark Eldar, much more fragile units, the expectation that you're going to put down an air effect and someone's going to go, right, that's going away. Because they have to account for, you know, you strike, you live for a combat, you strike again, oh, hold on, that's now, that's now actually a serious thing, everyone's taken two damage, or I've spent shield cards, or whatever, so... Um, yeah, I think, I think you've got a point. Um, most of the times I've used it has either been intentionally 
there's a couple of void pirates or something at a planet and I put it out there so the other guys all oh okay I put down a range because or something because I've got to handle that um, yeah I, I don't I don't I think it's a foregone conclusion not with something like the cab light that could be doing three at that point yeah yeah because you know? I mean that's that's the big deal right there oh well, the, yeah I could do one area effect during that step but I yeah. could also t- completely mm-hmm. annihilate somebody completely get one guy off yeah. the board right mm-hmm. I think maybe that's what makes them interesting is the opponent has to go, what, you know, it's like committing, what is he going to do? What is he actually planning? Right, you know, yeah. right. What, yeah. what does he want me to think he's planning? Exactly. As always, yeah, that, that, that as well. Yeah. That as well. So, um, that, so okay, all right. All right. I'm, I usually go for the attack, I think. Or, well, maybe I, maybe I structure like, okay, what does more damage? If I do an area effect, do I get four damage on... A one damage on four four units, or do I destroy a unit? Yeah. And so I think four is kind of the tipping point for me. If I get to four points, um, I'll probably do the AE. But if I don't, then if it's only three and I can attack for three and kill somebody, I'll attack for three and kill somebody. We had this so. conversation in our last game, didn't we? Yeah, very, yeah, Very yeah. impressive set of five damage to five, five units that weren't dying anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. um, okay, cool. Uh, regionals. Regionals were announced. Regionals, FFG announced that, that all their games, well, not all their games, but their LCGs, Conquest, Netrunner, Call of Cthulhu, even Imperial Assault, I believe, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars LCG, and X-Wing, all have, are all competitive LCGs or in that vein, and they announced their regionals. So uh, hopefully your store... Uh, is applying for regionals for at least this game, if not all or any of the others. Um, any any ideas on regionals, guys? They expanded the they expanded the region. Well, they have the same regions from last year. I think there's seven regions. Yeah. Is that right? There's seven regions this year. I can't remember how many were last year, but they've expanded it so that you can hold three events in each region for each game instead of the two that they had last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, are we excited about that? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think I'm not particularly surprised by the decision. There was a lot of, across any game you can think of in that in that huge number of things we're talking about, what, seven games, you know? Yeah. Um, it's I'm not surprised at all they expanded that. Um, three, I think, is almost a little bit modest for some of them. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how much growth um, Conquest has by next year, things like that. It's a, it's a, it's a big old... Um, IP they're using. It's a big old setting with a lot of people interested. Yeah, and we yeah. know how easy it is to get into. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and 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 that's a, a lot of the discussion online has been, you know, how wh- where are the where are the tools? Where are the tools? Where people are looking to, for, to yeah. discuss these things. And and I've made some posts and said, hey, you know, Netrunner, which was the biggest LCG they had up to then, right? Still, the the they that was released at Gen Con in 2012. I went to a regionals here in Colorado Springs, or here in here in Colorado, we're at the Haunted Game Cafe in Fort Collins, so we're about two and a half, three hours north of Colorado Springs. But we, I went to that regionals in 2013. There were 16 people, <laughs> right? 16 people at a regionals. That would be un, um, unimaginable in this day and age for Netrunner, right? Yeah, because um, I didn't go to that regional, but we went to the regionals the following year, 2014, and wasn't it 60 people? It was 40, 42, 42 was this pat last spring, was 42. And we were one of the smaller ones. That's right. Right? Um, 
but for so for so for those of you who are fans of this great game, this great game of conquest, hold on. Just keep playing. Make it, you know, get those game nights. We've talked about how to establish those game nights. Get that regular game night. And no matter, it doesn't matter if only three of you are showing up or two of you are showing up. Stay there. Play. Be welcoming. If you have the game night extras from the game night kits, hand those out to people who are coming for their first time. You know, hang on because eventually people will get wind of this game if they haven't mm-hmm. already. So, if, if we're talking about um, off, off subject, if we're talking about raising awareness and, and keeping a game going, having worked in a g- various game stores for years and years, the last thing you want to do is go. There's only three of us. I won't bother going tonight because that will mean there's only two of you, and then next week there'll be none. And that's the way, always the way it runs. If someone comes in and sees those two guys playing something every every week, day on day in day out. They will come and ask, you know. I mean, you've got this bunch of cool-looking cards out, these crazy tokens, and you know, what what is this stuff? What are you guys doing? Yeah, and it yeah, happens all yeah. the time. I mean, I'm a big miniatures guy, and that's helpful because I have nice big buildings and models around. <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you lay out, when someone goes in, goes, Ooh, you know, what is that? You know? Right, right. It always piques my interest when I walk into a place and I see what other people are playing. It's kind of like, what's that game there? What's that game there? What are you guys doing? Are you guys playing this? Oh, my goodness. That's why you're there. You're walking into a game store to go, you know, let's look at the shiny toys. And right. really, part of the attractiveness of games like this, um, LCGs, is one, the cost, right? You're not paying mm-hmm. through the nose for very expensive cards. Everybody gets access to the all cards. That's the primary difference between uh, an LCG and a CCG or CCG-like games. The other, the other difference is the time spent playing. Right? I come in and I often see uh, people playing Firefly or people playing Trains or Dominion or um, what, uh, there's, there's a variety of games that I see mm-hmm. played in, in this game store. And, you know, I mean, even Imperial Assault uh, and other longer games. Mm-hmm. Imperial Assault, I, I don't know if the skirmish is too long. Um, don't, I don't want to talk about that too much. But those are longer games. Those are hour and a half, two hours, three hours. A game of Conquest can be played... You know, if you only go three planets, can be played in as little as twenty minutes. You know, if you as, as Toby would know when he when he when he beat me down at the tournament <laughs> yeah, on yeah. planet three, yeah. long, long, long enough to get the tokens warm. That's about it. Right? Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You take the tokens out, and you're like, oh yeah, okay. Mm. But so it can, you know, a game of conquest can last twenty minutes, but it can also last, you know, forty five fifty. Um, and the forty five fifty ones are fun. The twenty minute ones probably aren't so fun for one of you. Um, but it can be a quick game that you can then turn around and play another one, mm-hmm. right? And that's, uh, at least for, for, for a lot of us, that's the attractiveness. I love playing board games. I love playing long-form bo- form board games. But I don't get the chance. I just, I, it's I don't something get you have to schedule. Yeah. It's a tricky yeah. one. Yeah. And back on the regionals front as well, sure. on, that, on that kind of linked subject, the worst thing you could do, I mean, is not basically turn up to this. You're, not, you're thinking, okay, it's, it's regional. So this is more competitive. This is going to Worlds now. And this, is, this is something serious. Turn up to the damn thing. Be a face there. Even if you're just hanging around going, oh, yeah, I've got my little brand new um, on sheet deck. I'm not playing it. I'm going to get hammered. But I want to see what you guys are doing. I want to want to be here and be part of the community. Right. That's it, the, the best thing we could possibly hope for is for another 30% of the people just standing around applauding. Be a face in the photo. You know, whatever, whatever you're going to be, that yeah. always, that always yeah. helps us. I, I know the guys who will turn up to every single Netrunner event, like you said before, and be like, "I'm not playing, but ooh, what are you guys doing?" You know, right. yeah, well, yeah, even yeah, if you're you know. playing, I mean, you're expecting. I mean, I went down to the winter tournament, figuring, well, I was hoping that that the tournament was going to be a little bit bigger. I was hoping maybe six, seven, eight people. Um, I still expected to finish last. 
but <laughs> what I, did you expect to finish last? Well, because I had played, I had played my Kugoth deck twice, both times oh, okay, against you, right, 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 okay. and had a fifty-fifty, had a fifty-fifty <laughs> shot, and the one game I won, I had the absolute best draw, I think, against your type of deck. <coughs> oh, that was the three Kuga, the three Nurglings on three separate planets. Yeah, and you're, and you're against Zelda, <laughs> and he, he no, he was playing Packmaster Kip. Oh, yeah. he was. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was like great. I, I, I've, I've eliminated the swarm. So. Yeah, there was. Kind of it to himself. No, I, I went down one with the idea of uh, it's like uh, this is the idea of my deck, um, and I wanted to see what uh, what of my idea worked, what didn't, how it did play. I wanted to incorporate our strategies that we discussed about beating Kato, beating Kith, because I figured we're going to see those, and sure enough, I did. And I also went down for the um, for the promo, and I got a cool alternate art Goth Boys, which yeah. is. Uh, uh, one cost or orc. It's always, a zero two. Always lose this. See the new stuff. Yeah, that, that happens to get a plus three attack if they're at the first planet. But the best thing about that is, I now have three because oh, I have. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I have the one corset. You get two in the corset. <laughs> it's the same reason. You know, I, I in worlds, it's like I have the two possessed. You only have the one in the corset. Now I have a playset of three. You know, that's one of the things that I look at for the tournaments, and one of the things I'm excited about regionals is just to kind of see. The cool swag that does come out, it, yeah. If I happen to win, even better. Um, I'd be shocked, of course, but and pretty proud of yourself, you know. When you you're always trying to improve, I'm always trying to improve as a player. I think everybody is, um, and that's one of the things that I uh, reasons why uh, after the tournament we sat around talking about some of the things. And some of the guy, one of the guys, uh, you know, a- asked me why I was playing orc as I, I played Kugoth uh, Chaos with orc allies. And he's like, why didn't you play Dark Elder? And I'm like, well, you know, right now, thematically, I like the orcs better. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was, yeah. that was the whole reason why I picked orc. Yeah. Let's say that, and the orcs are generally a little more resilient anyway. But you're going to be damaging your own units in worst-case scenarios. Then. Right, right. And that, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know, and, and, and like, I said, like I said, well, t- well, I can talk about that with, uh, when we get to the tournament review. Well, well what, that, that's a good segue into how to beat Nosdrag, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about orcs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Nasdrag is the the orc warlord. Why don't you give us a stat there, Carl? Yeah, Nasdrag here is good old two damage, two attack, seven damage. Um, regular seven card, seven resources. You mean seven hit point? <laughs> two attack, seven hit point. <laughs> That's seven damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing too many games, I, I can't get that one down here. Um, we have each other unit you control at this planet gains brutal, which is each unit with brutal gets plus one attack for each damage on it. So no direct benefit to himself, but some scary, scary orcs nearby when they get hurt. Yeah, and so some of his some of his signature cards, um, Nastrag's flesh gets that's his signature unit. There are four of them. They're three cost, one command icon, two four, uh, who have a deal one damage to ready this unit with limit one per, once per phase. So when they're there with Nasdrag, um, they damage them. They they attack for two. They can damage themselves, and with Nasdrag there, they're also brutal, so they can get a second attack that same attack turn? Is that what we're maybe what we're calling it? Um, attack uh, combat round? Yeah. Um, where they can attack for three more. So they could potentially hit for a total of five in one um, exhaustion round of a combat, right? Better than that, a total of five with, a, with one interval in between for shielding and not one big shielding. Yep, were, yep you know, exactly, so. exactly. Two separate attacks, that's yeah. true. Um, and then uh, his his location is a combat action. It's a two-cost Crack, crack Tooth Hall. 
to cause combat action exhaust to support to move one damage from a target unit you control to another target unit at the same planet, which is a move of moving of damage, right? Which mm -hmm. cannot be shielded. So you yeah. take a damage. Uh, somebody takes a damage uh, on your guy, um, and you can either use it to prevent and move a damage over to an opponent's person, therefore killing them, or I've used it before, where you move a damage from a Nasdrag's flash gets to another guy, and use that brutal ability that your warlord gives you, and boom, hit him for even more. Right. So those are those are two of the signature cards. The other one is bigger is better, which is when you deploy. It's an advanced, a zero-cost event. When you deploy an orc unit, reduce its cost by two and deal a damage to that unit after it enters play. So that one also triggers the brutal ability. So those are some of the some of the things with Nasdrag. Now, if you see Nasdrag across the table from you, what do you what do you guys think? What would you do? Um, don't be at the same location as the warlord. It's generally not be a good it, rule. It, it yeah. might be one where you really do, you know, where Sicarius. So Maybe you avoid them a little bit. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's a highest priority. A Packmaster Kith. Yeah, you're going to be dealing with the with the uh, Chimera token or two that might appear there. But again, she's not one that you necessarily need to avoid. But if there's units with Nasdrag who will survive, mm -hmm. you attacking them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a bad thing. Yeah, you, you you might be the one that you avoid. So. Yeah, I suppose it's a good question. You see the orc player across the way, and as the orc player, what I would what I would imagine you doing is, okay, here's a big um, three hit point or four hit point unit. Oh, and here's another big three three hit point or four hit point unit. And immediately your opponent's all great. So where's Nice Dread going, and which one do I have to, you know, exhaust or nuke in one go or stay away from? Because right, he's planning right, for right. it to get brutal. Right. You know, yeah, he's planning for it to get that two, three, four extra attack, whatever it can handle before it dies, and. Mm -hmm. Bloody a wallow in one go, basically. Yeah, I think I think that that's kind of uh, you do have to lie in wait. Uh, I think as uh, this my uh, plague father deck was kind of the same way. You know, I wanted I wanted to have uh, big units coming in uh, along with the plague father and be able to move damage around and handle weenie hordes and, and have the big units to take out other things. So uh, the thing you are definitely waiting for is when you will have initiative, and I think you want to have a unit that can one-shot Nasdre. Um, and it happened to me a couple of times, uh, because obviously once you bloody the Warlord, <clears throat> you have an advantage over the other player. He And also he loses his ability. Uh, the Orcs no longer gain Brutal. Uh, the And the way to do that, I think, is through a little bit of control aspect. If you're playing uh, Starbane, you want to be able to uh, come in and exhaust some player, uh, come in and exhaust spe specific units. You want, uh, if you're playing Packmaster Kith or, or their allied, you want to be able to Archon's Terror and route his big unit as a surprise. Um, you may, and this, and this is one of the things that I found, at least the way I play, when I have decks like that, I, I'm very aggressive in getting units out. And this is one of my failings at the tournament. Um, so I had, I, I literally, I had two possessed, and I had a soul grinder on the on the board at different planets. Um, the player very smartly gave up the planet that I had the possessed and the soul grinder at. He just went ahead and retreated, 
there was there wasn't anything. But he did he he had taken and I was at the first planet. He had taken his el his uh, Packmaster Kith to the planet to trigger another abil the ability of another planet. Well, the one he triggered was routing of a target unit. So then he routed my other possessed that I had set up for later on in the game. So then I went back. I had now had a possessed or two possessed and my soul grinder and my warlord in my HQ. The next deploy phase, he played Doom. <laughs> so if you have, if you yeah, can, that he he was able to plan that out ahead, right? <laughs> well, exactly. You know, so I mean, I think that when you're facing a deck like Nasdrag or uh, Kugath or maybe even Strachan, I mean, if you're facing something that you know is a combat-heavy deck, and you are playing a deck that can be combat-heavy or or maybe has a little bit more control action, uh, it's something you have to plan. I mean, hopefully you can try to set them up. I mean, if you're playing. Cato, you want to be able to set them up to get off an exterminatus. You want to set them up to get off, uh, you know. I think that's how you have to handle those kinds of units, unless you have something big that's going to one-shot. I mean, uh, the guy then also uh, went after he played, or the other player who was playing Cato, ended up with an honor librarian with uh, the Tau rifle that gave him plus three attack. Ion rifle, yeah. Ion rifle. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. So an honor librarian is a 4-2 <laughs> unit. And it won't take any damage. Any if there's any if it's there with any other unit, you got to attack that other unit first. And he's hitting me for seven. Well, great. He's going to be one shotting anything that I'm at. Right. So right, right. it's like, well, well, if I have if I have uh, my warlord and my chaos unit and my chaos there, uh, or I'm sorry, I have my possess there. It's like if I don't have the shield card to. Uh, well, I mean, that's the deal you're looking at. Seven damage. Yeah, you, you, you've got you've got two realistic options. One of them is three damage. Oh no, it's only four now. And on either that, you've got a marine unit with indomitable, mm -hmm. and that's practically yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. and and as I'm sitting here looking at these, looking at the orc cards, they've got he the the orc options are fairly inexpensive units with a heck of a lot of hit points. You have Crush Face, who is a two three. A three cost. Now he reduces uh, the cost of uh, any other orc unit at the planet by one. But you have an enraged orc who gets who's a zero five with, with who has five attack or sorry five hit points. But he gets brutal. He he gets brutal on his own. Right. Um, but he's a two two cost one command unit. So these guys are tough, as you might have been might imagine. Uh, being called an orc, <laughs> right? So they're tough. They take a lot of damage. Bad Doc is a two-cost unit who has four hit points. Death Skull Looters is a four-cost unit who has three hit points, but as soon as he damages something, he can hit a support card of yours, mm -hmm. right? So that's a big one. That He's out of the latest war pack. Yeah. Or no, he's out of the first war pack, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then one of the... Not a signature card, not, a, not even a loyal card, is York Cannon, which is... Uh, combat action, exhaust the support to target a planet, and each player deals one indirect damage to a, to a person at that planet. So that one is a good one, too. Um, so this is what you're facing, right? You're facing tough guys who don't necessarily hit big until they get hit. Right? Until they get brutalized. Um, this teleportapad. Teleport <laughs> I love the language on, on orc cards. The teleportapad. Um, uh, so this is a two cost support uh, where you exhaust it as a combat action you exhaust the support to move a target uh, orc unit you control to the first planet so this is a way to move your warlord around right 
you yeah, okay. move Warlord, you move Nash Drag over to Planet Four, and you're like, yay! And then, and then your your opponent, uh, your opponent or you might be saying, oh, okay, good, I got away with it. But here's the pad that's out there, and all of a sudden, you know, oh, okay, I thought I escaped, but here's Nasdrag teleporting in. <laughs> nice, nice um, safety net for the old player as well. It is. I don't know what, quite where it to is. go, and I don't care. It is. He's going elsewhere. I think, you know? and I think the whereas the the support destruction cards, at least in my experience, the support destruction cards early on, core set, maybe even first set. Weren't that important? You just kind of put them away. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got a couple catacan outposts. You got a Croctofall. You got an orc cannon or two because orc cannons are not unique. Teleportia pad isn't even unique. Tele teleporta pad. Wow, I'm gonna. <laughs> so so you have these things. So I think support destruction is going to be a big deal. And orcs have that, mm-hmm. right? So if you're and you want to be aware of that, if you're sitting across the table from them, uh, I think. Like you said, I think one of the best ways, because their hit points are so, tend to be higher than normal, higher than typical, get, driving them to an exterminatus, driving them yeah, into a Doom event or an exterminatus event is not a bad idea, yeah. Yeah. right? And even, even a Warp Storm isn't bad, but the attachments protect those players from the Warp Storm. Yeah, so. it, it's, it, if you're playing somebody like uh, the Tau who have a lot of attachments, that was pretty tough because I had a warp storm and I was able to pull it off on uh, one one turn. Uh, it was one turn too late, unfortunately. But yeah, the uh, the Death Skull looters that was one of my allies that I had in my deck, and that hit the table against uh, Packmaster Kith. And I could actually, and he actually <laughs> said, "Wow, I won't be playing these three cards." <laughs> yeah, so so yeah. he had he had three support cards that that he was that he uh, just never put out. Right. So, Oh, that's a that's a that's even better. Yeah, right. Exactly. Dead cards in the hand. One play, one card, makes for a dead card in the hand. So that's you know, and I have to admit, I played orcs. I played orcs in that first World Eater tournament. I played orcs with chaos, so I had access to Warp Storm, and I did very poorly. <laughs> right, and I think I said in the first podcast, that first episode with John, that yeah, I approached Brad, and Brad said, yeah, orcs. Orcs with one corset would be a little tough. <laughs> would be less less than competitive. Something to that effect, right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh well, now you tell me. So, but uh, but so <laughs> maybe because of that bitter taste in my mouth from that experience, where I'm like, man, it just didn't work. I haven't played him too much. Battle Cry is a huge card you need to be aware of, right? Mm-hmm. Battle Cry is a three cost event. Again, each of these each of these things, at least in the corset, seems to have a really big event. Right, that three, mm-hmm. co- and in this yeah. case, battle cry, which is play only during a battle. It's combat action. Each orc unit you control gets plus two attack until the end of the battle. So, if you happen to be in that one battle where a battle cry gets played, you 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 can unless you're really really tough, unless you got a lot of shield cards in your hand, you can you can almost write off <laughs> your units at that planet because. Uh, mm-hmm. They're gonna they're unless gonna you have get, a trick up your sleeve. Yeah, unless you have a trick up your sleeve. That's true. This is this. You were mentioning before about the whole thing about, you know, Nazreg turns up, you want him to go away. You know, you want you want to pump something up and deal a ton of damage to him. Here's a, a more sort of general thought. At what point do you go, wow, that's so much damage available in one go that this warlord's leaving? You know, how, 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 what do you much, mean? How, how, how big a single hit do you face down before you start considering, I need to get my warlord out of here? You know, is it a four attack? Is it a five? You know, what, what point makes you start going, hmm... 
this is this now is not healthy for the rest of the game. You know, this is a, this is the foregone conclusion. I need to pull him out of there. Right. Well, yeah, it. If there's uh, the planet that you, which you can use to remove all damage, right? Which is. Um, all damage remove, from one unit. Yeah, remove all damage from one unit. Um, I'm looking at the planets here. Oh, it is Iridial. So if that's in play, and I mm -hmm. think that's a possibility, mm -hmm. I'm going to stick around a little bit longer. I'm going to let my Warlord take four, maybe even five. Yeah. Right? Obviously, it depends on the Warlord. If it's Kugoth, hit yeah. me. Because yeah. well, <laughs> I've got a Fetid Haze in my of hand, course, right? Yeah. But, but um, you know, you have, <laughs> the, you have the remove all damage from a unit. And so if I if I have that plan into play, if I think that's reasonable to get to, mm -hmm. I'll let my warlord take three or four. Mm -hmm. After that, uh, I want to get out. I kind of um, to clarify, I'm kind of getting at in one big hit the thing that's going to be hard to deal with. You know, at what point if you're playing the orc player, how big a thing do you plan to have to make him go, oh, okay, yeah, this is I need to leave. You know, you, it's reasonable I could be bloodied during the combat and lose that bonus. Oh, okay. As soon as orcs okay. lose that brutal, of course, they're then oh, we're damaged and we're weaker than we right, were. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think three because he has seven hit points, right? Yeah, so three is so the yeah. start, three is, the three is the worrying point. Okay. Yeah, I can uh, buy that. depending on the board state. Uh, I mean, so to talk about, uh, you know, and I, I was kind of thinking the same thing with, when I was playing P Plague Father. It's like, yeah, hit me, you know, I'll take the one, I'll take the two. Um, where my big play mistakes came from, especially you know, if I had Fetid Haze. So Fetid Haze is one of Kugat's signature cards. It's a three-cost event, uh, power, Nurgle. It's a combat action. You remove all damage from a target Nurgle unit you control, which does include the Plague Father. And then your opponent deal the amount of indirect damage equal to the damage removed among army units he controls at the same planet. It is awesome. It's an awesome card, um, especially if you can trigger it for four or five. Um, I think I maybe I got a little too greedy on mine. Um, Trying to aim for six, <laughs> which <laughs> might might have been you know, <laughs> which is one short of his hit points. One right? short yeah. of his hit points. <laughs> well, I, was, I was ambitious. playing. I was playing yeah. things like uh, I, I. So I was. I was also the other strategy in my deck was having lots and lots of shield cards. So I wanted to be able to control the amount of damage that he took. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I thought I was going to have more control than I did, um, and the reason being, uh, you have to. One of the cards that guy kept kicking my ass with was Wild Rider Squadron, which is uh, it's a Tau unit. I cannot believe this thing. It, it's not loyal. It's a four cost unit. It's a three four. Eldar. It, uh, Eldar, sorry. sorry. Thank you. No, no. <laughs> and, but as a combat action, you move this unit to an adjacent planet and you limit it once per phase. So I would attack with Kugoth, or he'd be attacking. I would take the damage. And then I would use uh, I, we hadn't used the Fetid Haze yet because I was only, I was only at three or four points. Um so, at, then at the end of the phase, of course, he would use his combat action to move over the Wild Rider Squadron, unexhausted, and and uh, attack for another three. Yeah. And, or ambush for yep. another two. And it's like, yep. so that was my failing as a player of not realizing the board state, not realizing the cards I was facing. So, um, if you're going to get swarmed, I think you have to be aware of that but otherwise uh, I'm looking at if it's a three or four cost unit or three or four three or four damage I'm looking at um, that's when I started having to get concerned mm -hmm. uh, about about e even with the Plague Father because it was essentially like oh I'm going to heal one every turn because I'm just moving it off yeah eh not you, you, unfortunately you just may not get as many turns as you think right right and, and <laughs> yeah that's true and, and you also have to 
like when you and I played, it there was one turn. Maybe I don't know if you started with initiative or I did, but either on the second or third planet, you didn't. You had the initiative, so you were attacking first. And Plague Father at that time didn't have any damage on him. Right. Right. So you're hitting for one. And what am I doing? I'm hitting back, but I'm not hitting the Plague Father. I'm hitting all the other, other, all the, all all the other, other units. units. I'm yeah, not so powering that, Plague Father. Right. So, so that, that was that was one way you play around them. Yeah. So with the Plague Father, and we can move to how to beat him. I was going to say yeah. Because yeah. with the Plague Father, as we've talked about with the Nurglings earlier in the podcast, initiative is huge. Mm-hmm. In one case, you know, with the Nurglings, you want initiative because you want to be able to distribute that damage, right? But if you, if the Plague Father is going to a planet all alone, <laughs> you don't necessarily want initiative. You want him to be damaged a little bit so he can trigger his ability. Because one, coming from a Warlord, no one's going to, yeah. you know, that's, that's not a big yeah. deal. It, that's an interesting one there because the other fault that occurred while we were talking Nasrag before is... Um, I think Kugraf, in some ways here, um, exemplifies the kind of the rhythm thing of the game. Between initiative and between moving units back from a completed planet, the game definitely has a kind of a back and forth, a flow of units. So, you know, you, 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 you do the usual thing of, I, I pile onto the first planet. That first planet goes away, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. You probably get some units back from it. Yeah. Maybe you've now gained initiative. So, okay, are you then pushing on to there, where initiative is more meaningful to you because you're going to move these units over? But then they're exhausted when they land. Right. So you end up with very different, interesting, yep. that back and forth. Yep. And like you are saying with Kugaf, you know, I think your opponent might be trying to think, okay, is this the turn where he jumps out his Nurgles everywhere, or is this the turn where Kugaf goes somewhere on his own and goes, okay, come right. on, hit me for a damage or two, I want these right. for later, you know, right. kind of thing. Yeah, and, and it's, it is a, it's, we, we can, there was some discussion about how to compare the LCGs, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I, uh, I think I, it was a Reddit post. I posted that I see uh, an analogy between Netrunner and who, who that we all play and Conquest. Netrunner is baseball, right? Where one team for a period of time is on offense and one team is on defense, and the defensive team has to get the, the they have a certain amount of tries, and then and then you switch sides. So Netrunner is to baseball as Conquest is to tennis. Where tennis, you have somebody serving, but then it's a back and forth. Right. Yeah, and that's, I, I kind of, I suppose um, that leads kind of to the point I was talking about there is where, um, where with Conquest, a, a part of what you're dealing with is the ability to turn that round. You, you want, are you focusing more on okay it's my turn to get in an attack I'm going to stick with the rhythm of the game and I'm going to capitalise on my initiative turn like you said with Kuga I'm going to throw these tricks out I'm going to right, drive right, him right, make right. sure I get something out of it make sure I weaken him or do you like I would say the Eldar both Dark Eldar and, and regular Eldar do you take tricks that allow you to switch that back I've had a really good turn and yeah you're losing all those ooh you know yep, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah and, and um I mean, because the initiative, the initiative can come back and bite you. I mean, I played, I played a friend of mine, Jason, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I still remember this, and I'll probably remember it for a while. Which is, a a little two one um, Harlequin, and his Wild Rider squadron at the next planet over took down a dreadnought, right? And it was because. I had initiative, so I, I attack with a 2-1 Harlequin on the on the Dreadnought. I do two damage. He doesn't have any shield cards. 
his big old 88 dreadnought comes in, hits me, right? Now I have initiative because I started with my warlord there. My warlord had retreated. Mm-hmm. So then the spirit arc is tapped, his 88 is tapped. I move Wild Rider Squadron over, untapped, attack for three, right? Boom, he has five damage on him. Everybody readies, and the Wild Rider Squadron attacks for three more because I have initiative there yep. on that planet. Now, my Warlord isn't there anymore, mm-hmm. but I still had initiative, right. and it was a big deal. That was that a huge swing, change. right? Um, and that, that's what Nurgoth, that's what I faced with Nurgoth. Is like, so essentially, you're not really taking three, you're, ta- you're going to be taking six. If you don't have, if you don't have initiative, and that's why you have to be aware of some of those cards and come in if you don't have initiative, ambush units, something yeah, that yeah, people will play yeah. at the end after everybody's tapped. Like, okay, I'm going to give two free points, or three free points, and then I'm going to untap, and now I'm attacking you. You know, so obviously you have a, you have a chance to retreat one or all your units at that point after everybody unexhausts, right. um, to use the proper phrase, <laughs> the. <laughs> So you always do have that option, but you, you know if you were thinking that you were going to take that planet, and then all of a sudden you realize you're outclassed and outgunned. <laughs> well, damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's th- that feeling is a pretty bad one, right? You're it, like, it I'm going to give this, and then you're like, I have nothing. <laughs> I must, I must leave now. Well, and when you spend count on resources to get there, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. question. Is if playing against I'm playing for Ukugaf, is he a warlord more likely to turn up on his own? Yes. You win, you win initiative. Especially early. But most of the time, basically. If it is another warlord, cool, you've got the warlord there and it's just him, which means you probably diverted him from somewhere which was more meaningful. Yes. You know, well. you may have won the command strip with you on your own there, if there's no other warlord. Like you say, you um you're ready to go, hey, I'll take a damage or two. I think with the exception you know, of with the exception pain. of the game I played against Tobin, and I did try this against Tobin, um, I took the first planet on the first turn. Every game. So yeah, talking about working um, for and against Kuga, um, is he a warlord that you s- are more likely to send to a planet on his own? I was, um, with the exception of the game I played against Tobin. I won the first planet uh, on the first in all the games, uh, simply because Kugath was there by himself. Um, I might have had another one-one or a two-one with him, like the Chaos Fanatics, <clears throat> and and usually. You know, I sent I sent him at the planet wanting to get into combat to power up his ability later, yeah. because essentially uh, I can attack for one. Uh, really, if you think in two rounds, I could eliminate three one ones, because the first round I'm gonna I'm gonna hit somebody for one, or, or one hit point units I should say. The next, and then they're gonna attack me for however many they're gonna deal, and I usually hope to control that with the shield cards in my hand. And then if they don't retreat, which oftentimes they did. Um, the next round, I can you move a damage off to somebody else, and he yeah. and you can't shield it, and then I'm hitting somebody else for one. So I can conceivably take out three one hit point units in two rounds. So yeah. now, now you say that is he good for the um, the typical tactic where people are throwing out you know void pirate and other resource units to, to separate planets where they're all one health. You're throwing you're throwing him in there. Okay, that guy goes away, I'm and I'm taking the command struggle. I, I would I would think so. Um, I, I built my deck to deal with it a little differently. I and uh, we were talking about that in combat, but I, I didn't include Void Pirates. You know, I actually wanted to do something else, and that's probably something I should have considered. Uh, but yeah, he, w- he would have been you know, great at those planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and I saw you waylay the um, Dark Eldar player, Elliot. He, 
you Chimera, you killed us Chimeras like they were going out of style. Yeah. Now, he, he still has, you know, the Dark Elder have those cards that, you know, route your guy and all this <laughs> stuff. So that kind of that kind of took the wind out of the sails. But um, they, he, we were we were pretty. I think I, I was pretty proud of our, our assessment that Kugoth can easily, fairly easily take care of Dark Elder. Fairly yes. easily take care. Yeah, of he, he clicked the chimeras. He worked just exactly like we thought he would. Yeah, at least yeah. in my experience with that. Yeah, handing around that small individual damage and just and the Nurglings and the Nurglings couldn't be more of an anti. Standard Dark Eldar card. Right, you right, right. Right. Well, and yeah. and the the issue comes up though is that Kugoth is almost better on his own, right? Because, um, or at least maybe with early stages. Uh, early stages. Yeah. Second and third planet. Once I started facing three or four units, even if they were small, yeah, I, I started finding myself accumulating more damage than I could handle. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I bet. Um, I bet. You know, unless I had a fetid haze, and you know, I was trying to play for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a better early solo warlord than some others are more effective. Yeah, you know, you, w- you wouldn't worry too much about not sending him supported. And you were um, talking about um, smash and bash before, wasn't it? Yeah, that was one of the tricks that I wanted to have in my deck. Uh, smash and bash is out of the Hollow Blackman War Pack. It's an orc card. It's not loyal, of course. It's a two-cost event. It's a tactic combat action. Deal one damage each unit you control at a target planet without an enemy warlord to ready up to three units to control at that planet. So that was going to be my big trick, of, especially with having uh, you know 9-4 Possessed or the 4-6 or the Soul Reavers, was after I exhausted, I was going, and the player was exhausted, I would play that to ready Kugoth and two other units. Everybody took a damage, so all of a sudden Kugoth is powered up again because he has a damage that he can move, and I've got a couple of really big units. Um, I and they're all ready, and they're all ready to go. <laughs> right, right, right. But, uh, of course, obviously, the, the, the trick is that is that it's got to be at a target planet without an enemy warlord. And I was surprised how often I was matched up against the warlord. I mean, it's, yeah. Maybe it was because it was, it was a Packmaster Kith and uh, Cato Sicarius decks, where obviously... Your, you know, LR Starbane's a little different where he has control built into his special ability um, that it, it was just hammer and tongs all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I really only got to play it for a one shield event, which I, I got to say I was a little disappointed. I really wanted to, ha- I really wanted to see the, see that go off, and unfortunately, it, did, it was one of one of the things that I had built into the deck that didn't work that I would probably change. Okay. So um, a fair point there as well. I mean, it's two resources in one card, but. That's a heck of a thing even when he's on his own. That's so good for mm-hmm. Kugoth. Even just to ready him and hand out another damage and be ready to attack and hand off another damage. You right. Know, you know, that's a Yeah, no, I mean, that, it, it's great. Warlords, Tobin here. It turns out that our first planet was invaded during the recording of this warcast. We take you now to a second planet where orcs are not falling from the sky. Enjoy. So, John, so... You said you wanted to. You were talking about. We were talking about you. What changes you want to make to your deck, right? As a result of this. Now, one of the things we talked about. We talked about your turning experience a lot. I have an Eldar Tau deck that, <laughs> up until last night, was do, uh, up until that night was doing really well. Um, and we'll we'll get to, we'll cover my experience in a later cast and maybe figure out what I did wrong. I still. I'm I'm kind of blocking it. <laughs> Bad memories. I'm I'm blocking out the the memory of what what happened, and uh, I, I I recounted some mistakes I made. But uh, what are some changes you want to make to your deck? Well, the so start first just to give everybody the basic idea of what my deck was. Uh, again, I played the Plague Father and I played the Orcs. My idea was to have big units and lots of shield cards. 
Um, the orc allies I picked, every one of them had uh, command. Uh, and I didn't play any void pirates or, or uh, rogue traders because I wanted every unit to be able to do damage on its own. That's kind of what I, that's kind of what I designed. Um, I realize now after playing that, um, it's still a faction I, I'm going to continue to play, uh, as we talked about in earlier podcasts. Find something you like and play it, and if it doesn't work, okay, you'll try to examine why it didn't work. Just don't completely scrap it and go with something else, because otherwise, how boring is it if everybody's playing the same net deck that has proven somewhere? What I want to change on mine is I realize uh, I had too many big units. Um, all the orc units I played, I think, were four or five four and five cost. Uh, I played Burner Boys. I played the Death Skull Looters. I, I, I think the Death Skull Looters, I don't know about the Burner Boys. The Burner Boys is, is a heavy cost, and they don't, they're don't they not quite as tough because they're 5'3", exactly. but I like the Death Skull Looters. The Death, we talked about the supports being a big thing, and I mean, I, you're you telling me, you all you have to do is one damage with them, and they're what, a 3-4? Yes. Um, yes. There, that, that's three is three is you know you can't shield against three very often, right? So right. if they as long as they get through one through, the support is gone. Especially well, if you have initiative, get, get outpost, poof. Exactly. The thing you'd be fair to say is, well, each new warlord we've seen has brought along their support, which has always been a big part of what their plans are. So we, we know support disruption is getting more and more of an important thing to worry about. Yeah. We know how yeah. many those tricks yeah. are. So. Yeah. And um, and that's why I played. I ended up playing three of the Death Skull Looters uh, because I got three in the war pack. I played two Burner Boys. That's how many you get in the core set. Um, if I would change that, I probably would maybe maybe cut Burner Boys completely and go to two Death Skull Looters. Because one, at least in this tournament, I did not see any resource cards. Now, again, I think playing out the burner, bo- uh, the Death Skull looters early, uh, stopped the Packmaster Kith player Elliot from playing any right. resources, right. figuring that they would just be lost cards. Right. I, I, I go with smaller units that have some pain because you were pointing out all these orcs, and now maybe they, maybe I didn't include, I didn't get to include them because when I built my deck, I. Re- I eliminated all the orc loyal cards. Right, so, so a lot of the ones we, I talked about were the loyal stuff, right? Yeah, Boy Maniac, or, so they're orc loyal. You can't use them in another deck. But there are cards coming. I mean, Gift of Ethereals is almost here. It'll be mm-hmm. here in the next 48 hours as we record this. So there's going to be other options. So. Right. I would not, not, not being able to quote straight off the top of my head, are there any brutal orc cards that are non-loyal? No. Okay, because the first one of those that turns up, Kugath is going to cackle over. Oh yeah, the ability to go. Um, I won't, I, I I won't was a, damage you. I'll activate him. Yeah, I was very. <laughs> excited, I was very excited about the one that Tobin pointed out was zero five. Is like, oh, it's loyal. Okay, <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, you know, I think as as those cards turn up, they're going they're going to be a lot, um, a lot more. Um, the smaller units I played were things like Heretic Inventor, which is a great card. It's a three three one command icon for one. The yeah. problem is, of course, uh, the the opponent uh, moves it to a planet of their choice. It's a forced reaction, so there's no way to avoid that. I realize now that it's still a great card, but I need to, rather than counting on that as a combat unit, that is gonna be a command unit like a rogue, rogue trader or a void pirate where it's gonna get stuck somewhere and it's never gonna come back. But that's perfectly fine because you play that, that's, I think now looking at the card, that's what I realized. Oh, okay, that is exactly the same car, kind of card and sometimes you get lucky in the fact that any of the planets that the opponent can choose are not good choices. Obviously, they want to stick yeah. you on the one that only gives you the one resource, if that if that if that one's out. But 
uh, most of them all of a sudden it's like I mean I, I think the the Kith player unfortunately he had to put me on I forget the planet but it was one card one resource that was his really his only option of sticking out there mm-hmm. and that that you know my play mistake was playing more than one because basically once that first one hits the table the next one I only played two in the deck but there was no reason to play the second one out because he would just put it on the same planet. So now, okay, great, that planet's even more mine. Well, like we discussed with Kugath before, you'll have Kugath at one location, you might have some other units at another one, so then he's like, oh, so the choices are dropping sharply. The, you know, the deck you're playing encourages you to make planets bad options. Yeah, and I mean, it's a one-cost, one-command icon unit, right? The Heretic Inventor that can protect itself. Exactly. Right? So some of what I saw in the tournament was I would play an Elder Survivalist on planet 3 or planet 4, the, the Warlord would go to planet 3 or 4, this was on first turn, kill, not only win the command, but also kill the survivalist, mm-hmm. right? So this Heretic Inventor is a one cost, you know, not it's obviously not a lock. It doesn't give you the bonus like the Traitor or the Void Pirate does, but it can protect itself. Right, and, it and if survive, you do go there, so you can't really pick a fight with it, right? Yeah, yeah. It survives so. that first round of combat, great. I'll take it back to my HQ on uh, next turn, and then I'll actually get to put it on, you know, deploy with my world where I want. Right, right. So, you know, th- yeah. that it's a great card, but I don't think you need more than one on the table. Uh, so, basically, Plague Father worked just well. Uh, the sh- having a lot of shield cards worked worked just as well. I really wished I could have had more. I included every shield card, including No Mercy and Fallback, which I kind of dogged in earlier earlier ones, but I include them o- solely for the having the option of the shield card. Uh, so I would change up some I would change up some of the bigger work units and take some of the smaller work units. Uh, and rest of that was, ma- and then the other changes are mainly my play, my play style. Like I said, I was too eager to pull out uh, big units. I wanted a overwhelming force, and it just that I just would step into things like Doom or Exterminatus. I actually didn't fall for any Exterminatus this time, which is very nice. Because that was my plan of that was, a, yeah, my plan of that was like, <laughs> oh, my, my armies will not be at, you know, my massive armies will not be at any planet other than the first one. But then, then of course, that set me up for the Doom, unfortunately. Um, there was a play mistake where I gave up on, I had a Blood Letter out against the Cato player. Uh, that is a... Uh, Chaos unit that has an area effect three. It's a monster. Oh that, boy, that thing. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what? I, and then he played a Lehman Russ, and I missed a Land Raider. Land Raider. Yeah. Kato. Yeah. Land Raider. Almost definitely. Land yes. Raider, which is yeah, the it was a Land Raider, which, which, which means I couldn't target any other unit besides the Land Raider. Well, my mistake was the fact that I thought area effect was target effect. No, 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 no. So that was. And once I realized my mistake, it was too late because I had moved my warlord to the next planet, let my blood letter get killed, unfortunately. And then um, when he reali- when I realized mis- my mistake, uh, he came to the next planet and I used Warp Storm to wipe his, wipe his army. And I, if I had been able to wipe his army with the blood letter, I would have won that match because I had those were my that planet and the following planet were the next uh, were my win conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was watching that, and like I said, when I saw you go, I'm like, oh, go, there we go, there, he's going he's gonna to yeah. wipe every because there was enough damage on everybody that you were going to wipe out everybody except for the Warlord and the Land Raider. Right. Right, and the Warlord already had one or two damage on him, so it, the Warlord was going to be put in the tenuous position, as it were, and, yeah, and then you're like, with the Warlord, oh, wow. if he killed somebody with his Land Raider, I was going to kill his, I was yeah. going to bloody his Warlord. Yeah, and if you had a, if you had a shield card... To or you you would need a couple shield cards to keep the blood letter in play after being attacked by the land raider and the. Well, I figured uh, I figured the land raider was going to one shot because he had, it was a seven 
Yeah, it was a three seven. Three seven. But you're you're doing area effect three, right? So you mm -hmm. get the three. So he'll get the three off, but you can get if you can protect him from the the Sicarius and the Land Raider, right? Which is a two attack and a three attack. If you can protect that vicious blow and allow him to re ready an area effect one more time, you might get him to retreat. I ninety percent of the time that warlord is going to retreat. I, I think right? he, I think he would have, you know. So that was my misplay. Yeah, and then you could have killed the Land Raider with a single attack, right? And boom, I, I, and. My jaw dropped when I, I was like, oh, John, no! <laughs> <laughs> it was that big of a mistake. Tobin saw, saw it all the way across the way. Oh, uh, so, uh, yeah, it was rough. And, and then, like I said, the Nurglings were um, easier to play around than I anticipated. If they're at a planet and then somebody deploys at that planet, they do not take a damage. It's only when a unit moves. So the qualifier, easier for you to play around as the Chaos player than you expected, is that what you're saying? Or? E easier for, for the two opponents. Oh, really? All the because of the, because of the initiative timing trick. Yeah. Right. And I, th I, think, I, I mean, that was one thing that since I was playing that deck, and we had uh, and uh, the rest of the players, I wanted them to make sure exactly how the ruling went on that. So we, we actually talked before the tournament how those units worked. Mm -hmm. Because so, I didn't want to spring that on somebody in the middle and have them go, oh, well, that sucks. Because I hate thinking that the rules of any game are one way and then I get in the middle of my turn and somebody goes oh it doesn't go that way yeah yeah. yeah I mean yeah. this is this is something that's worth mentioning on Conquest LCGs as a whole hit this they're, they're becoming more and more organised larger games but when they come out they're not and you're rarely going to have someone sitting there going if you go to use, a, use the horrible word go to a magic tournament any event you go to when there's new cards whoever's running as a judge will go hi guys here's the event right here's a few things to point out to you with our new set and they'll purposely go, you know, here's this thing you need to worry about. I've done it once, twice at Netrunner now, with some of the, with, with, as we get proper ruling through and things like that. Um, hopefully we'll, as, as Conquest becomes bigger and bigger, we'll see that. I do think Kugaf and the Nerdlings would be a good one for most people, if you're thinking about running a tournament, or being a part of one, mm -hmm. to go, here's, here's a tournament, here's our rules, and by the way, you may want to know, you know, this is how this works. Right, so, so here's the question. So, th this is what struck me while you were talking, John. What do you think about and this goes to like we, we we've talked previously about playing your particular units later in the in the deploy phase, right? Mm -hmm. What if you do that with nerglings? I mean, you, I think nerglings would be one where if you want to dissuade someone from putting people there, I don't know that nerglings would dissuade anybody. They might incentivize people. They might incentivize deployments at that planet. But if once they start deploying to a once they start deploying to one planet and you want to divert their attention, you if they're maybe deploying to planet one or planet two, you put a nurgling at three, you mm -hmm. put a nurgling at two, so they can't set up in advance. I think nurglings, because of that move, right? They're most powerful when they're in when they're deployed at planets that aren't the first planet. Yeah. I think uh, right. Sorry, I think you got it right. Divert attention. I mean, that's a large part of their power is less triggering that effect and more making your opponent go, okay, how do I play around this? You know, right. they're, 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 they can handle it. They have to realize that. And you can use that to dis discourage what they're playing for. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go for a certain battle effect over there. Oh, wait, that loses me this unit when I go there. Hold on. You know, that kind of thing. Right. And Warlord takes damage turning up. It adds up. And especially, yeah, you know. like, you had me, you had three units, you had a, a single Nurgling unit at each of the three... At, Plans two, three, and four the other day, last week, and I was I was stuck. I had just played a Promise of Glory. I had cultists in play. The cultists were going to die as soon as they arrived at the planet. Right? I mean, there's nothing I could avoid. So, but that is, 
that is a, you can really interrupt their flow by playing those nerglings in that way. Now, that's, it'll be, it'll t only time will tell if, and, and probably better players than all of us, if it's good to play a nurgling a turn or do you smack down your nurglings all at once or do you, do you try to time that a little bit better? And that's the interesting part of this game. I don't feel like, like I feel I've learned a lot in the last, what, six-ish months mm -hmm. since getting it at Gen Con. But there's still a lot that's a big black box for me. Like, timing-wise, again, this idea of tennis versus baseball. You know, when is when the, the ball is going back and forth over the net, right? The, the impulse, the, the chances for initiative are going back and forth over the planets, over the tabletop. When do I take advantage and try to hit an overhand smash versus when do I try to put it in the corner and get my opponent off balance, right? So... Yeah, yeah, still, still, still to learn, right? A lot of, yeah. a lot of stuff left to learn. Conquest is not nowhere near solved yet. No, no, there is no. This is how you do it. And if other LCGs are any any indication, uh, we'll we'll solve it. Uh, well, the community will solve it, and then two days later, a pack will come out that will completely upset all the solutions mm -hmm. that we had in mind. So, um, the HQ phase. Moving to the HQ phase, we have some announcements to make. I want to make sure and get word out that there are going to be store championships here in Colorado uh, at Petri's Family Games in Colorado Springs on February 28th. Uh, at Wizards Chest the very next day. Wizards Chest in Denver on March 1st. And then Gamers Haven in Colorado Springs is having one on March 21st. We'll also be going to the Conclave of Gamers. A uh, third annual Conclave of Gamers which happens April 16th through 19th in Denver. Uh, where uh, we have arranged to hold a Conquest League. So It'll be a con long league where you, if you have your deck with you, you and it's another you find another league member, you play a game, record your stats, and everybody will get some swag from what we hope to be the spring kit. So that that'll be exciting. That'll be the first time we've held a league of, like that at a local con. So that, that's fun because the plan there is to play games in between all the usual events of the regular gaming con. Well, the, the Conclave of Gamers is an open gaming convention, so mm -hmm. there are very, few, there are very few scheduled events, and none that you need to sign up for ahead of time. I see. So it's a good time to do this. Well. So people are going to have the free time to. Sit yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's so, cool. and and the league, and I'm running a league for Conquest and for Netrunner, and the league idea fits with the idea of open gaming. So, you and I are waiting for a third friend or a fourth friend to show up, mm -hmm. to play that big board game we really want to play and never have the time to do, mm -hmm. right? But you and I are sitting there like, hey, let's play some Conquest. Oh, okay, let's do this league. So we'll get points towards that league. And so it, it serves a more flexible gaming, right? Instead of having a uh, three, four, five-hour Netrunner or Conquest tournament that blocks out all this time and doesn't allow you the flexibility of dropping in and dropping out, mm -hmm. we're going to do a league. So it's like gonna, it's you know, it's probably gonna. gonna go to. The con, yeah, the con starts on Thursday night. Um, so the league will open up on Thursday night, and I'll probably have results. You know, you have to hand in your results by 10 p.m. on Saturday, so that I can tally this stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's the idea. You know, winter uh, spring kit will be available, and then um, uh, John and I will be at Gen Con. Yes, in, in 2015. I am making the pr so, pilgrimage for the first time. Yeah, first con, uh, first Gen Con, rather sorry, first Gen Con. And for those of you who don't know, Gen Con passes the full weekend passes went on sale this past Friday, um, so they're all available for you. Um, I strongly suggest getting them. Will call. You don't want to stand in line at Gen Con. 
<laughs> if, if there's any, I mean, you want to stand in line for the games. You want to stand in line for that kind of stuff. You don't want to stand in line for your yeah, pass. You'll be doing enough of that anyway. <laughs> That's any, without any doubt. No standing in line. <laughs> I try to avoid it at all costs. So pay the ten bucks for the will call, uh, or not the will call. Pay the ten bucks for the delivery, and then and then, in addition to that pass, you'll also get uh, whatever events you sign up for. You'll get your event tickets. With your with your pass, so it's worth the ten bucks. Thanks again to Team Covenant for hosting this forecast and to Haunted Game Cafe for the recording space. If you'd like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at Traxis Sector Warcast. That's T R A X I S Sector Warcast at gmail.com via our Facebook page, and we are now on Twitter at Traxis Sector W C. Please leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Thanks for listening. The, the Emperor, Emperor Protects. Protects.